Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am your host, Joe Mobley, and this is The Joe Mobley Show, where we encourage you to be an uncloseted conservative, that in sharing your thoughts, your opinions, and your beliefs, no matter the circumstances or the consequence. Tonight, we did have Alex Phillips for you. Unfortunately, he is going to have to reschedule, but we will track on uh, with some current events and answering some of your questions. So I'm going to roll that bumper. Awesome. So I'm actually trying to use my phone again for the camera. Last time I did this, it it got like dislodged. Uh, So if I see that I am lagging far behind myself here on the little monitor, then I will switch to the trusty dusty webcam that we've been using. But let's drive on. So guys, it's not a surprise that uh, terror threats are spiking here and also around the world, but particularly here in the States uh, because of the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So as the 20th anniversary of 9-11 approaches, you know, we'd expect to see some messaging from our political leaders. We'd expect to see messaging from the White House, maybe from the Department of Defense, the the chiefs of staff, uh, but especially from DOJ or DHS, uh, you know, Department of Homeland Security. It kind of seems like security is their thing. Uh, We aren't hearing much about it in the news. What we are hearing is that white supremacists are the leading terror threat, not the terror groups that you know from you know, 9-11, not from the 93 bombing in the World Trade Center, none of those groups, the Al-Qaeda's, the ISIS's, the Taliban's of the world. Now, you know, Taliban runs a country. But instead, DHS is putting out stuff like this. So actually, let me pull up the screen share here. All right, so our Department of Homeland Security actually put this out into the world like this this is not a joke this is a a national terrorism advisory bulletin uh you can go to dhs.gov click on advisories you can look this up there's a little time stamp right there you see that it expires a month after uh the 20th anniversary of 9-11 but you know this is what we're expected to see you know, the Secretary of Homeland Security has issued a new National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin. Oh, that makes sense. We're coming up to, uh, a, we're coming up to the anniversary of an attack. We know, as you know, news people know, even anyone who's just been paying attention, but surely security professionals know uh, that terrorists, that bad actors, they like to memorialize these things. So there we go. Twentieth anniversary, September 11 attack. Uh, as well as religious holidays, blah, 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 targeted violence. Now, I highlighted this because it's special. This is, this is a page-and-a-half document. You think it would be about terror groups, but I can assure you the only time a real live terror group is mentioned is this one little passing footnote uh, where they mention al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. But what are the real terror threats. The real terror threats are domestic threats. The real terror threats are Trump supporters. The real terror threats are people that don't want to take the vaccine or, and you can read this with your own eyes, people that don't trust the 2020 election. Isn't that interesting? 
I think it's super weird. I think it's super weird and almost telling that they're going to bring the two events together, the three events together. I'm not going to say that it's a big lie. You know, does the vaccine work? I have no idea. Uh, is COVID the deadliest thing since the plague? Well, no, I, I can say that. No, we, we had a literal outbreak of Ebola here in the United States in Dallas, uh, and the emergency response was much less than this. But what in the world does an increase in COVID cases have to do, again, this is the Department of Homeland Security warning about possible terrorist activity why is COVID-19 even on this document? You know, they're saying that they may seek to exploit the emergence of COVID-19. Guys, I've been saying this a lot, but honestly, truly, if it weren't for the signals, if it weren't for the virtue signals, the mask, the shirts, the devil masking, the everyone talking about when they got vaxxed, how it felt. Did you get them both in the same arm? Did you get them both at the same time? Did you get both from the same manufacturer? And all of this messaging, it really is almost like it's trying to keep the fact that there's a pandemic front of mind. You know, when the plague hit, the way that you knew there was a pandemic was there were bodies piled in the street, literally piled in the street. Not like they tried to scare us into believing bodies were going to be piled in the street but literally bodies everywhere, the smell of death. There was a sanitary problem all over uh, in Europe. That's, that's an actual outbreak. That's an actual pandemic. It's strange that they have to keep reminding us about the pandemic. And it's also strange. Okay, here they, they mentioned some foreign nation states. Okay, okay. But it's really interesting that they mentioned the election and the pandemic when they're trying to tell us, whoops, I'm on the wrong screen. When they're trying to tell us how to safeguard against terror threats. Again, not the world's greatest expert, a little bit of a security guy. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can do to safeguard against terror threats, uh, particularly not going to crowded places, uh, see something, say something, head on a swivel, be on the lookout in and around 9-11, thinking 9-9, Those are some things that you could do. I would suggest that you carry a concealed firearm. That's how I keep myself safe. It works every time. I haven't had to use it, thankfully, but uh, I have used it successfully to de-escalate conflict. Uh, there's something sobering about, you know, I guess I'm, some people would describe me as a big, scary black guy, um, but there is something sobering about me, six foot six one, 210-ish pounds, uh, pointing a gun in your face and telling you to stop doing what you're doing that gets results. And YouTube, this is educational, so don't take this uh, video down. All right. This is a dangerous game that the government is playing. 9-11 um, threats are serious. It's not, this isn't an empty threat. This isn't like uh, the constant fear mongering in and around COVID. Terrorists are positioned to attack, okay? Everyone knows, everyone should know that transnational crime organizations from the mafia to drug cartels to Chinese triads to IRA in Ireland, 
all sorts of rivaling groups. They work together for two things. They work together for human trafficking. They have figured out a way to bridge their differences, to call peace to be disciplined for a time to achieve a very specific objective, and then they go back to warring with each other in a way that Democrats and Republicans can't. In, in a way that red states and blue states can. It's amazing. But actual crime organizations come together for the purpose of human trafficking and for the purpose of furthering terrorism and illicit trade routes. And what that means is these routes are known and they're limited. They're, there is, you know, an underbelly. Let's say if we use the picture of tunnels, um, you know, if, if we pretended for a minute that there were tunnels going from uh, the U.S. side of the border to the Mexican side of the border, uh, which I know the government tries to pretend those don't exist, but just let your mind go there. There are only so many tunnels, you know. The cartels and these different gangs and different terror groups, they can't just be tunneling all over the place. Uh, so the tunnels are known, the seaport trade markets are known, the routes, the ships to use, the shipping containers uh, you know, the the smile, nod, wink, whatever, handshake, high five, all of those things, they're limited resources. So they work together and they pay to play to get from where they need to be into the United States. This is almost exclusively an, an American problem, a United States problem. Guys, it's not just drugs. It's not just arms and it's not just human slaves. It's terrorists. We've caught terrorists coming across the border before. And right now, everyone knows, except for probably the president, the vice president, that there is a border crisis, that there is an open door right there at the southern border. Um, are we just pretending that terrorists aren't coming through? I, like, are we just going to go along with this fantasy? We know that some of the 9-11 terrorists were smuggled into the country using these same routes, routes that were active then, routes that were active in the 80s. But now we're pretending that everything's fine, especially after we've given billions of dollars of equipment to the Taliban, which until five minutes ago was a terrorist organization. And since we pulled out, they're working in tandem with the Haqqani Network, which is still a very active and very powerful terror organization. I just, I can't understand it. And honestly, I don't know, just spitballing. Honestly, I can't see how there isn't an NBC type attack in the near future, probably during Biden's first term. I cannot imagine that there will not be a nuclear, biological, or chemical attack here in the United States. I can't. I, I can't. There have been some really successful ones, uh, like the subway attacks in Japan, where they use sarin gas. I cannot imagine when when I work my security brain as hard as I can make it go with the mitigation measures that should be in place and how they've been set apart, like just set aside whole cloth, just thrown out in the name of social justice, in the name of equity, in the name of all these things that don't make sense, as if there isn't a lot of people out there that want to not steal from us, but kill us. They want to kill you. They want you dead. They say as much on their flags and their chants, death to America. It's not hyperbolic. It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, so anyway, that brings us to something that I talked about a little bit 
on a video that I recently posted, but it's this concept of forward deployment. And am I still... All right, I'm still good on the camera. You guys let me know if I fall out of sync and I will come back with a different camera. All right, but the idea of forward deployment, let's add that to the screen. So if you follow my YouTube channel, then you've probably seen this graphic. Oh man, that's tiny. Let me see if I can blow that up a little bit for you guys. Um, yeah, but if you if you follow my YouTube channel, uh, then you've seen this graphic in the video that I posted here pretty recently. Here, let me get my face back in there. Oh, sorry, guys. You're just going to have to deal with the small thing. Watch this on the desktop. It'll look better. Uh, but here's the thing. Forward deployment works, okay? If you don't know what it is, then just Google it. Google will explain it better than I do. But the basic idea is... The powerful nations in the world have always projected power and influence and stability out into the rest of the world through show of force, physically being there where you can be seen and heard, where you can reach out and touch a bad actor, okay? So, you know, let's think about a quick crash course on the use of force continuum. They used to have it in a, in a line. They used to have it as a ladder where you had to go this rung, this rung, this rung. That's not what it is. The use of force continuum is, is round. And, you know, in academies, they tell you to think about it like your Batman belt, your police belt, your duty belt, whatever you got. You've got all these tools around you and you reach for the one that's appropriate. But what a lot of people don't realize is the first thing in the use of force continuum is your presence. Your presence, your posturing, the tone of your voice, just the mere fact that they can see you. And we all feel this reality when we're going for a walk or a run and we see someone that has a dog that seems like a strong, powerful dog. Maybe it's like pulling off the leash a little bit. Maybe it's like pulling the owner along a little bit and you don't quite feel safe. It's not because the dog's got a knife or a gun or something. It's just the actual presence and posturing of this animal. You see that it's powerful, it's strong. You see that it has weapons, claws, and teeth. So you're thinking, oh, I don't really want to screw with this animal. You might even move. Just the dog being there keeps you in check. That's what was going on in Afghanistan. And this is proof, okay? People are tossing around all kinds of ideas. This is Proof. This is 2015. You can see right down here, uh, this comes from Politico. Uh, I don't know what this source is, but this comes from Politico in 2015. And at the time, we had almost 200,000 troops forward deployed all around the world, uh, over 800 bases. But I guess the 9.2 thousand that were in Afghanistan, we would say they weren't forward deployed. We would say that they were deployed in combat deployment into a war zone. But the problem with that is, is Afghanistan hasn't really been a raging war for a number of years. Um, we did just lose 13 troops. You know, we did just lose, I believe it was 11 Marines, a soldier and a sailor. Um, which is terrible, the most devastating day for U.S. forces in Afghanistan um, in a decade. This is a situation that could have been avoided completely. Uh, a lot of military leaders are they're selling smoke. They're, they're telling us, you know, that this was a tactical retreat. Well, 
The problem is there's a such thing as an actual tactical retreat. You can Google it. Uh, you can pick up any war fighting manual. You can pick up the United States Army's uh, combat manual on, on how to actually do a tactical retreat. That's not how you do it. Uh, you, you never give up the fortified uh, land that you took, that you fought for years and months to get. Um, you don't abandon your air bases. This is just basic stuff. But I digress. I'm chasing a rabbit. You see, we've got under 10,000 troops in Afghanistan. This is back in 2015. Barack Obama's the president. Uh, the narrative is we're doing a rigorous drawdown. Well, here's the problem. Look at this. We've got 23, at the time, we had 23.4 thousand troops deployed. You know, they're stationed there, and some of them are on the DMZ. They'd say that's a deployment. Um, but actively living, working, demonstrating, do, taking part in military exercising, doing all of that posturing, doing all of that, my presence is step one in the use of force continuum. Well, think about the stuff that we're looking at on the map. Okay, you've, you've had a series of psycho dictators in North Korea doing all kinds of R&D for nuclear weapons, for more advanced rockets and weaponry, things that go further and faster with deadlier payloads. This is what you have in that region. So we have almost 25,000 troops there day or night. I served with a guy. <laughs> I served with a guy. I won't say his name because he's still... Uh, He's still serving, not with the army, but he's, he's doing some cool stuff. And uh, I'm going to shoot this to you so you can see it. Uh, but I say with the guy, we'll call him John. And John and I are doing a training together. And he's telling me about his time where he was on the DMZ. And, um, you know, I'm black. He's, uh, oh, I think, I think you're Puerto Rican. You know your name's not John, but I think John's Puerto Rican. Now he'll be like, oh, I'm Mexican. And he'll unfriend me in real life. Uh, but anyway, we're sitting, uh, not drinking alcohol because you're not allowed to drink alcohol in training, um, but we're sitting and, and drinking our water and tea and what have you. And he says, yeah, I think racism's a, a real thing. I think you can be manipulated into being racist. And I'm like, all right, man, you know, drop this knowledge. And he says, he says, here's the thing. When I'm sitting on the DMZ, it's like all day you're just being mean mugged by these ridiculous North Koreans and all of these alerts come out. It's like every day, some kind of force alert, some kind of maneuver alert. And it's day after day after day. And he says, he says, so two things happen. You hate North Koreans. Like it's super niche racism. It's not Koreans, it's North Koreans. You just, you write them all off. And the other thing is, he just wanted to go to war. He just broke down and got to the point. He's like, just freaking do it. Just shoot the rocket, fire the shot, have an accidental discharge. I don't care what it is. Um, so there is a little bit of a psychological drawback to being forward deployed. But I digress. We're forward deployed in these places. Guys, Pearl Harbor. We did not have thousands of troops in Japan until, you know, 1940s, 1950s. We've had tens of thousands of troops there for a while and maybe still today i haven't even looked but we were the only uh we were the only air force and navy that japan had because after you know i, I won't get into the the ethics and morality of, of the bombings uh but after the bombings after world war ii 
there were basically two demands. One, uh, the president said that he never wanted to see that land of the rising sun flag again, the flag that was painted and flown on the planes that, that dive bombed into the ships at Pearl Harbor uh, and into the troops there. Uh, he said, I never want to see it again. That flag is gone. That's why they have that that single red dot flag when they used to have the land of the rising sun flag with the red rays. Uh, and he said, too, this will never happen again. Japan is not to be trusted forever. Here we are so many years after Pearl Harbor, and we still have almost 40,000 troops. And honestly, this is from 2015. We probably have more than 40,000 troops. I actually got... Uh, and a military assignment to Japan, and we turned it down so we could stay in Oklahoma because there's something wrong with my brain, apparently. But this is this is how we roll. We will spend the millions of dollars it takes to save American life. That's how we used to roll. The rest of the world used to know, yeah, no person left behind. We will send team after team after team. We'll send 82nd Airborne. We'll send as many troops as it takes uh, to protect our assets and to bring Americans home, whether they be private citizens or military, something that the current administration doesn't seem to know. But even when all of the drama, all of the, the escalated tension has de-escalated and the war's over, these are the types of resources that we pour into this type of projection of power. You see Germany here with 35,000 troops, obviously uh, crazy nutso in Germany. Italy, for those of you who actually know Benito Mussolini, um, after they say that the people died from famine, they actually died because of socialism and communism uh, in these countries. But yeah, that's why we have 12,000 troops in Italy. Oh, man, I would love to be stationed in Italy, but that never came to pass. Let me get back to my script. I spent way too much time on that. Um, but yeah, that's the concept of forward deployment. Guys, I know it. I was an E5 in the military, okay? I, I was the first of the sergeants, like the, the very first NCO rank you could be. So the fact that I know this, and yeah, I guess I'm a nerd and I actually read the books they give you at basic about tactics and, and troop maneuvering and you know, because they said, if you don't know how to shoot, move, and communicate, then you'll surely die. And I said, well, I don't, but I guess I need to learn how to shoot, move, and communicate. Uh, anyway, I digress. The generals know this. Uh, the The Secretary of uh, Homeland Security knows better than this bullcrap that they're saying about basically MAGA hats, uh, people that say Trump won or there was fraud and anti-vaxxers, vax-hesitant people, anyone who hasn't been vaccinated, that those are the top four, or four out of the five top threats against the United States. They know it's bullcrap. Everyone knows that it's bullcrap, uh, that Bagram Air Base was not significant, that it wasn't something that we needed to control. Everyone knows it. The troops know it, the privates know it, the sergeants know it, the officers know it, and the boys and girls at the Pentagon know it. I don't know what they're doing, but we've had troops forward deployed everywhere. And now, if you remember back, I mean, we've got five, then we had five and a half thousand troops in Iraq. Nobody's saying that we're at war with Iraq. No one is upset this many years after Saddam's fall that we're still in Iraq, we're still in Kuwait. And now we've retrogressed so far that we're quickly going to get to the point where 
troops are going to have to go to Kuwait and convoy via vehicle all the way to Afghanistan again, fight those battles, win those routes, win those cities again, which is nuts. It, it's, it's literally insane. So we're going to move on to the next thing. Teachers are being exposed. I'm not going to play this clip because I was not successful in getting it to play uh, prior to the launch here. So I'm not going to wing it and see if it if it goes. Um, but I could just talk about it. Surely you've seen. If you haven't seen, then I'll be surprised. Let's move that over there. Um, surely you've seen the video of the teacher doing her TikTok, doing her thing, her confession or whatever. It's, it's strange how bold the teachers are getting. Um, I didn't say it before until now. We're 25 minutes in. Guys, if you have questions, you can still type your questions into the chat, uh, and I will answer them best I can. Honest questions, not where do babies come from or anything like that. Um, yeah. So teachers are being bolder and bolder. Project Veritas just had that undercover interview. And can I just say, James O'Keefe, like, blessed man, what a freaking hero. I love watching stuff. Speaking of DHS and James O'Keefe, if you haven't seen the interviews, he's got these DHS whistleblowers. Those interviews are awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll need to do an episode, maybe the next, you know, solo Joe, hopefully by myself show. Uh, I'll talk about these, but he's got some some immigration officers, ICE officers, these these agents that are, you know, on the ground. They're in in the headquarters buildings and around, um, and they're they're just putting it all out there. Hey, this is what's going on. This is who we're letting in. We're letting known sex traffickers, known human traffickers, sponsor minors, unaccompanied minors to come across the border. We're getting rid of their status as known gang members, as known cartel members, as murder suspects being linked to dozens of murders in several countries in and around South Central America. We're just getting rid of all of it because they say that they fear for their life and they're putting it all out there. I watched both of these videos twice and they're, they're long for the content that we consume. They're like 14, 15 minutes long. Uh, anyway, Project Veritas, highly recommend them. Look those up. Get back to other leaks. These people are coming out having these conversations like in real life. You know, the, the guy that said that I only have this much time to indoctrinate these kids, he wasn't, he was speaking candidly because he thought he wasn't being recorded. But all of these other teachers, the teacher that was out a couple of weeks ago, female teacher, or I think a female teacher, I, I can't be sure. She didn't tell me what her pronouns were. Um, but she, she was saying, you know, you're smarter than your parents. And if you, if you believe in this, then you're dumb. You need to shut off the Fox news. I bet your parents watch Fox news kids. I don't know if there are any kids watching this, but let me tell you something. Do not give data. Do not give information to educators because they're asking for it. Schools are probing for information, trying to find out how old your parents are, where your parents are from, what their political affiliations are, trying to figure out all of this stuff. Why are they collecting this information? I have no idea. I know here in Loudoun County that the school board is making lists 
of parents to go after, to dox, to send, um, to send letters and postcards and and terrible graphic images to their places of work, to their neighbors, to to send postcards to all of your neighbors saying that such such is white supremacist. That's what they're doing with the list in Loudoun County. I don't know what she's doing with her list, um, but you know. She came out and went viral. This guy, that Project Veritas, you know, this, this, you know, avowed communist who's got a 1984 tattoo on his arm, as in not for the good reason. Like he's rooting for the bad guys. He's rooting for the Gusapo government. This teacher, this female, uh, and gosh, I wish I could show you the video, but I can't. But you've, you've seen it. It went viral on TikTok and then all of the other platforms. And she's saying, I don't have a flag in my classroom. And this is how I handle the Pledge of Allegiance. The students, I tell them, you can stand if you want. You can sit if you want. You can sit and stay it, say it. You can stand and say it. Do whatever you want when it's Pledge of Allegiance time. It seems like most of the class, because they're not complete disrespectful despots, uh, they said, hey, we're going to stand. So she's fine with that. But they said, we feel stupid pledging allegiance to a flag that's not in the room. There's nothing here. We're like staring at a space on the wall. Uh, one, these students are freaking awesome, okay? Because they knew, we all know exactly what they were doing. They were challenging this lady's radicalism. And what does she say? She says, one, that she has no intention privately but via TikTok. So very publicly, she has no intention of putting this flag, uh, the American flag, the stars and stripes, you know, that people have fought and died for so she could live in the greatest country in the world and have an iPhone and do all this ridiculous crap on TikTok while she's supposedly a public employee because she works for the schools. But anyway, I digress. That flag, she says, yeah, I took it down because of COVID and because it made me uncomfortable. And, you know, um, when I'm sitting here working in an empty room by myself, I feel like the spirit of MAGA is going to come out of the flag and kill me or something. I don't know. She, These are the people that say that they're not snowflakes, but the sight of a flag, like, physically, like, triggers them. It puts them into emotional distress. I won't say this guy's name, uh, but there's a guy, and I, I love to... I wear my uncloseted conservative shirt, which you can get at thejoemobleyshow.com slash shop. You're welcome. I wear that shirt and and my other, you know, funny The Joe Mobley Show shirts, my Biden one star would not recommend shirt, and my MAGA hat everywhere, all day, every day, except for Sundays. I take Sunday off from political activism. So, you know, because it starts conversations. And I got to tell you, I was having a conversation with a guy we've met at several school board meetings and, you know, big dude. Bigger than me, maybe 6'2", six, 6'3", six, appeared physically tough. But this snowflake of a man, and you know who you are. I'm not going to say your name. Um, but to his credit, he talked to me. Uh, he uses his real name on his social media. He uses his real name on his Twitter, as do I, on his Facebook, as do I. Uh, so kudos to you. But he said to a wartime-serving disabled vet who is who served on the Human Trafficking Task Force in Oklahoma and other states. You know, I I was stabbed by an inmate when I was in law enforcement. He said to that guy, hey, can you take off your MAGA hat because I have PTSD? He has PTSD from Insurrection Day, uh, which is interesting. I was at Insurrection Day, which I I made a video about that. Um, No, I didn't. I made a 
a Twitter storm, I think is what they're calling it, about that. I should make a video about that. But uh, he, he had PTSD, the sight of a MAGA hat, sent this big burly man, you know, he's got his BLM shirt on, he's got his, you know, fight the power, black people are worthless and they need white saviors to, to prop them up. He's got that shirt on, uh, which should make me feel like less of a person. Uh, but anyway, my, my MAGA hat just sent him into emotional turmoil. Same thing with this teacher, just the side of the flag. So she says she took it down. In reality, she probably hates America like most you know leftists do. And she took it down. She probably destroyed it. I, I don't believe she said that she stored it. She doesn't know where it is. I don't believe that for a minute. Uh, she probably set it on fire, threw it in a, in a dumpster, you know, did whatever her her weird leftistness would say to do. Uh, yeah, but she says, hey, kids, if you want to pledge your allegiance to a flag, you can pledge your allegiance to this flag. And she points them to not just a pride flag, not just a plain Jane rainbow flag. And I'm old enough to remember uh, when gay pride was purple uh, and transitioned to the rainbow. And you know what? No one cared. This was after... Tony Fauci, St. Fauci, holy full of grace. This is after he lied about the AIDS and, uh, pandemic and, and botched the treatment of that. As Dr. Drew says, you know, Fauci has led the nation through five pandemics and he's botched four out of the five. Uh, somehow he kept his job. That's, that's how uh, the permanent government operates. But I digress. <laughs> um, Oh, I lost my train of thought. Da, 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 da. Uh, communist, she wants to get rid of the flag, put it somewhere. Yeah, I totally forgot what I was saying, which is interesting. This has ne- never happened to me. Contrary's <laughs> guest canceled this week. Yes, if you're just now tuning in, um, so sorry that Alex Phillips is not here. He did have to cancel. Um, and actually, he, he left me plenty of time. Today was a crazy work day. Um, so he, he canceled several hours ago. Uh, but see, Taylor, that's why you got to get in here at the beginning. Um, yeah, I still don't remember what I was saying. But anyway, this lady, she said that you can pledge your allegiance to this. Oh, yeah. I was talking about how my, my teacher was gay in second grade and no one cared. And it did transition from purple to rainbow. He had like the little reading rainbow paint stripe on his Jeep. Uh, and no one cared. That was back in the day where teachers didn't talk about weird sex stuff with students um, in elementary school. And now they're exclusively talking to kids about weird sex stuff. And they're reading books about weird sex stuff uh, here and loud in their reading. Hashtag Monday's not coming, uh, which is riddled with actually it would be amazing to find a sentence that was grammatically correct in this book uh they're reading books where kids are having sex on teacher's desk at school i don't know what the aim is why they're trying to bring up that imagery in the schools but that's what we're paying you know with our taxpayer dollars for um but we've gone from that, no one caring about student or teacher sexuality, which is appropriate because it used to be a red flag when an adult showed an interest in the sexual proclivities of a child. That used to be a red flag. It used to be an indicator of pedophilia, maybe some kind of sex or human trafficking. But now we're being told that's totally normal and that that's woke and responsible. It's your civic duty as an adult to talk to tender age children about 
their sexual urges and help, as Andrew Cuomo would say, help guide them through that difficult situation in life. Uh, just like he was full of it, these teachers are full of it. They're doing weird sex stuff with kids. But I digress. And she said, you can pledge your allegiance to this, not just gay pride flag, but like basically radicalism pride flag, the BLM, uh, the intersectionality, pride and progress flag, I think is what they're calling it. Now, luckily, she's under some type of investigation. Um, I don't want her to get suspended. I want her to get fired because what she did is ridiculous. Um, and she's, this is just like runaway judges. She's creating the rules as she makes them up. She's being, you know, in these classrooms, every teacher is their own little monarch, their own king or queen, and they can just reign. That's not how it works. There are policies in place. There are procedures in place. Um, there, there are state and county laws that you have to follow. And guess what? Your school says the Pledge of Allegiance. If you have a problem with it, then leave. Don't work somewhere that says the Pledge of Allegiance. You know why I don't work somewhere that praises the pride flag or whatever before before work or that gathers around the, the BLM cauldron and, and everyone just chants F the police and all of this woke nonsense? Because I don't stand for that stuff. So if you're a teacher and you're super woke, then don't work in a school where they do the Pledge of Allegiance every day. So glad that hopefully she'll be gone. And where's my last topic? There it is. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right. Now, how do I do this? Well, this is perfect. It turns out that I do have the video, so I'm going to play the video for you while I try and load this other video into it because I, I loaded the wrong one. Interesting. I'm learning something new about StreamYard every day. Here's that video. Okay, so during third period, we have announcements, and they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I always tell my class... Stand if you feel like it. Don't stand if you feel like it. Say the words if you want. Don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there. But I took it down during COVID because it made me uncomfortable. And um, I packed it away and I don't know where. And I haven't found it yet. <laughs> But my kid today goes, hey, um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then, you know, we say it to nothing. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got to find it. Like, I'm working on it. I got you. <laughs> in the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he, like, looks around. And he goes, oh, that one? Oh, where's my face? I can't see my face. There I am. All right. Well, the video, yeah, that's the crazy lady who's hopefully being fired. But uh, the video that I actually planned on showing you, that's so funny because I went to upload not that one, and I thought that I couldn't upload that one, but it let me. So thank you, YouTube gods, for letting me take that video down. 
But now the video that I actually want to show you is uploading. So this is me, whatever that word is, spinning, spiffing, whatever. Uh, but basically, this is about how BLM, how all of the woke culture uh, is nonsense. It's not about protecting black people. It's not about creating equitable outcomes, okay? Because one, private companies, forget about the government. Private companies have ways of, of making, you know, closing the disparity gap or whatever they want to call it. There's no way that they could be stopped. You know, think, think about your, your firm of choice or whatever. All they would need to do is just promote black and brown people. No one could stop them. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the CEO could just decide that. They can't, if we're going to pretend that the courts and the employees there uh, would uphold the Civil Rights Act and the EEOC, they can't just say, hey, we're promoting black only. Uh, but they can just do that. So here's the proof that they don't give a crap about black lives. And hopefully it lets me skip ahead in this video because I don't uh, care to, to watch the very beginning of it. But it might not. So here we go. Let's keep it real. I don't need to do an introduction. Let's get into this. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to show you this video. I said in the last video that's up here, I said in the last video that I was going to make a video about this because I'm incredibly frustrated with the fact I see people supporting Jacob Blake, Breonna Taylor, all these other people. They do all this stuff. They got their name up. They raise money on them. They cry. They spit in the street and do all of this different stuff for all the black and brown bodies that they care about. All the politicians pandering, all the political leaders, Al Sharpton and all them. And I guarantee you, you will never hear about these stories that I'm about to play right now. And I had my staff do a compilation just of two minutes worth. We could do, we could do four hours of this, but we just did two minutes. Tell me why you would never see these, these young people's names on anything. And this is sad because in the black community, I, I'm, I'm saying in general, nobody knows and nobody cares. Where is the Black Lives Matter on this stuff? Where are the Al Sharptons and, 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 and Crump and all them on this? Roll the film. Hey, good morning. Now, this is where the little girl's sister, six-year-old, is actually recovering right now from a gunshot wound. But that seven-year-old was killed yesterday. The new police say... I made a video about that, and it should be up here. The mother of the little girls were putting them inside a vehicle when the shots rang out. The seven-year-old was shot in the chest while the six-year-old was hit in the chest and armpit. Both girls were rushed to Loyola University Medical Center where the seven-year-old passed away from her gunshot wound. Seven-year-old. Seven ...died another in serious condition after a shooting overnight. Judy Wang live at the University of Chicago Medical Center with the latest on that for us. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. The two teen boys were shot in Inglewood early this morning. Paramedics brought both of them here to UFC where one of them was pronounced dead. Developing Black kids. These are black kids. Tonight, a 15-year-old was shot and killed. Neighbors say this kind of violence is becoming too routine. WGN's Rob Sneed is live in Lawndale with the story. Rob. 
It's a headline you hear over and over again. Another black man shot either on the city's south or west side. And folks out there in the community today on the west side where this latest shooting happened told me that they are sick of hearing it. They say, when is it going to stop? Just before midnight Saturday, a 15-year-old child died after two men walked up to the boy and shot him multiple times in the head. So that's all that we have to watch. And thanks, Taylor. I, I felt like my camera was going to go. I don't know why. If I use my phone, it gets out of sync. So back to the webcam. Uh, and, you know, my wife said she was like, Bye. I, I said, I prepared this whole pitch. And I'm like, uh, you know what? I, I need to get this this dedicated camera for live streaming. I don't intend to do any vlogging, but uh, I need to move this. Otherwise, I'll keep looking at it, even though it's not on. Let's turn you off. Um, I need to get a dedicated camera. And I, I do what you do, you know, like you're going to parent, spouse, whatever, to ask for something. I, I had this whole thing prepared, and I was like, hey, I think uh, I want to get this camera. And she just said, okay, then get the camera. Um, so now I actually need to buy the freaking camera. Uh, so uh, interesting what's going on in the Mobley house. But I digress. We're almost out of time. Probably not going to go the full hour. The problem is this. All of these movements are faux movements, okay? I, I hate to say this. It's, it's going to hurt some people's feelings. Um, the government doesn't give a crap about gay people. The government doesn't give a crap about women, about ethnic minorities. Uh, they don't give a crap about any type of uh, religious uh minorities they certainly hate christians you know the, the government almost exclusively of christians that created you know that are a group of almost exclusively christians created the system of government so it is kind of weird uh now and it goes back to the bill clintons uh who ruined the presidency i don't think bill clinton you know i'm a card carrying republican okay i'm very conservative i don't think bill clinton was a terrible president uh which is one thing only an honest person would say that. I, I hate people that are like, it got to be a 10 out of 10. I think George W. Bush was one of the worst presidents in, well, Joe Biden's the worst president in my lifetime. Uh, but George W. Bush was one of the worst. One of the worst. Our, our freedoms, the way that there is, is this leftist control right now, was really furthered by George W. Bush, but that's a topic for a whole nother episode. The government doesn't care about these marginalized groups. If they did, like Larry Elder says, they would be putting forward solutions that actually work, like prosecuting criminals, okay? We have one of the worst freaking, you guys call them district attorneys, we have commonwealth attorneys here. We have some of the worst Commonwealth attorneys, district attorneys in the nation here in Loudoun County, Fairfax County, out in Arlington. They're not prosecuting cases out in California. I didn't realize that it was this bad. I thought that you could steal like $900 worth of stuff a day. It's like per visit. So people are going and knocking off like you'll hit Walgreens, then Dillard's, then Kohl's, then Best Buy. Like, it's nonsense, and they're getting citations. That's because the government doesn't care about keeping you safe, and they're telling you uh, they're telling you that government is benevolent. Which you know, please pick up anything that Aristotle wrote. We don't live in a fantasy world where all men are angels, and 
there are no bad actors. And if given the opportunity that someone won't do the wrong thing, none of those things are true. We live in a world primarily of self-interested people that when given the chance to do something, if there is a reasonable expectation that they can get away with it, if it's something bad, they're going to do it. We see this with infidelity. We have some of the worst marriage statistics in the world right here in the United States. Uh, We see this with domestic partner violence where a spouse goes missing or is murdered. It's almost exclusively the other spouse, the other part of the couple uh, that did it. So we don't live in this fantasy world, sorry AOC, where everyone is happy, everything is sunshine and rainbows and crime doesn't happen. This is why this is why you should carry a weapon. This is why maybe you should get uncomfortable and roll around on the Brazilian jiu-jitsu mat for a while. I watch video after video after video of people being violently attacked uh, for training purposes. And it's just like stuff that you would have learned in your first three lessons of Brazilian jiu-jitsu would have saved your life. Like these people be alive today, people being choked to death, people being uh, beat in the face. Some of these people, police officers that only know how to use the lethal and less lethal tools on their belt and don't know how to use their mouth or their freaking body at all. Um, But anyway, again, I'm saying this a lot. That's a topic for another episode. If the government cared about black and brown bodies, about BIPOCs and whatever ridiculous nonsense acronym uh, they're creating, They would put forward solutions that actually work. Affirmative action doesn't work. Affirmative action doesn't work because like Clarence Thomas and like Dr. Ben Carson, who I'm going to get to see next week, which is going to be out. No, wait, this week, next week, which is going to be awesome. Um, Like Dr. Condoleezza Rice, when it's not helping black people because everywhere we go, myself included, when I go and I meet a new client or I I meet some new group of people and they're like, hey, this is the guy that's supposed to be the expert in this, the, the roadblock is, are you actually capable and competent or did you get your credentials, your accolades and your position because you're black? That's what affirmative action does. And you go around and you find managers and sometimes even C-suite people that are completely incompetent. They can't argue their way out of a paper bag. They don't know anything about business leadership, management, managing conflict, de-escalation. They don't know how to fire someone. They don't know how to coach someone along and identify problems and, and mitigate things. They don't know how to do any of this crap. They got their position because they're black or because they're a woman or because the government was acting in their best interest. This doesn't act in your best interest. This is why it's true if you redistributed all of the wealth in the world evenly to everyone within a couple of years, it would be back in the hands of the wealthy because it comes down to some knowledge. You do need to know some things, but then it comes down to discipline and personal accountability. BLM is full of it. They've collected hundreds of millions of dollars. Actually, I think they've collected billions of dollars, which is a billion is a thousand million. If you never stop to think about that, a thousand millions. That's how much money uh, this group is sucking down. Well, I had some conversations with Paul Lott, uh, who's running for Congress here in Virginia in the 10th. Um, and honestly, you know, I was I was up for debate for a while, but Paul is 100% getting my vote. This guy, 
takes a sabbatical every seven years and doesn't go hang out. He actually moves, buys a house in one of the worst school districts in the nation and and looks at what's going on there uh, to actually make a difference in the youth. The government could do this, okay? But instead, they're, they've got Al Sharpton out there at all of their little events, probably some inappropriate uh, procurement deals happening there. But they're race hustling. If you look, 2018, Baltimore City. Oh, I'm losing my statistics. 73 or 77? I think it's 77% of uh, black kids Baltimore City were dropping out. 2018, right? This is before COVID, okay? This is just crap schools. Racism, inequality, things are so bad. Oh my gosh, but wait a minute. What, what about other kids? Paul found that there are actually concentric circles of negative outcomes. The white population dropout rate was 76%. Hispanic was 69%. All of these within eight points of each other, statistically, they were the same. Larry Elder would say, statistically, they're the same. You could just strike the middle, 74, 75% of kids in Baltimore City were dropping out, period. It's not a race thing. It's a crap government, crap solutions, virtue signaling when you should be putting in policies and being a true leader. The problem with the government is the leaders are gone because real leaders like parents, which is why we're having all these problems in our schools and all these problems with our freaking kids and their crazy hair and their 35 genders, it's a parenting crisis. Government, parents, peers, friends, whoever you are, you need to learn to use the one word sentence, no. When I'm somewhere, I'm, I'm so confrontational now, it's like a full-time job. Like That's why I have to take Sunday off of doing it. When someone is spewing some bull crap, the nation was almost lost on January 6th. I'm going to say no. No, it wasn't. How? How was it? How many weapons? How many people were attacked? You know, I don't care. I don't care if a dozen cops, I don't care if 200 cops or 2,000 cops got attacked. The United States of America cannot be besieged by unarmed people in freaking, in fur costumes with horns. It, it doesn't work that way. So you guys have to do something. I'm doing as much as I can, as often as I can. Um, but parents, you have to tell your kids no. You have to lead your family. Uh, there are a lot of courageous educators that are doing it now. Um, if you're thinking about running for office, and you should, um, and you know, people hound me about it, I, I'll consider school board, but I, I know that there is a time in my life where politics will be on the table, and I know that that time is not now. That's not uh, where I'm supposed to project my influence. But anyway, I digress. Consider running for office, and if you do get into that office, you have to be a freaking leader. That means telling people no and explaining to them why it's a no, explaining to them, hey, we're not going to do this. The actual problems, the actual pandemics are homelessness, uh, education, parenting crises, student debt crisis, which we can't fight it and say it's a crisis, but we're still giving out the student loans. That. That's nuts. That doesn't work. Those are the actual crises the nation is organically going through. Now, we're going to have uh, an inflation crisis that's been manufactured by the Biden administration. We're, we have a border crisis, which is going to lead to 
hunger issues. It's going to lead to increased poverty. It's going to lead to uh, downward pressure on lower income jobs. It's going to lead to basically everything that Larry Elder is putting on his platform. Those problems occur in California, but they're going to be occurring nationwide in the next decade, almost singularly because of the Biden administration and and the leftist takeover that we're experiencing. Uh, but anyway, man, I did not want to talk for this long. I actually wanted to end early, but I got on a little bit of a rant. I don't see any questions there. The, the only advice that I can give you is start using no. Start explaining things to people. Get over being embarrassed. Get over feeling uncomfortable. I'm telling you guys, You'd rather be embarrassed or feel uncomfortable or have a little point of friction than continue to live the rest of your life in the closet as we march towards a socialist takeover. And then, you know, we're, we're all walking around singing whatever sad song going, oh, man, I should have said something then. Um, now is then, you know. Now is the time. They're, they're getting ready to start mandating that people wear things that identify them, really that identify them as liberal or conservative. Like what? where do you fall on the politi- political ideological spectrum? Because um, that's what it is. Wearing a mask means that you're leftist. Not wearing a mask means that you're rightist. Talking about your vaccination status constantly means that you're a Democrat. Talking about how you hate vaccines and you're never getting the COVID vaccine, you're never getting any vaccine ever again, and vaccines are witchcraft and all that stuff means that you're conservative. But anything, I, or anyway, I digress. I see your note there, Taylor. Uh, guys, that's all I got for you. I did not load the little, not sponsor, because I don't have sponsors. If you know some sponsors, throw them my way. Uh, but I did not load the stuff. I think it's in the description, but I did not load the images. But uh, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there. There are a lot of people that have e-commerce websites or uh, have a website that you want to collect funds, you want to sell something, a digital product, whatever. There are some things that you need on your website to operate legally in... <laughs> there are some things that you need to operate legally in the United States and in other countries, European Union, etc. cetera. Uh, things like disclaimers, uh, things like acceptable use or terms and conditions, I didn't know how to write all that stuff. I was researching for hours and just dreading uh, filling this out myself to get in compliance with U.S. law. Uh, and then I was watching a Think Media video, and they were interviewing a gal named Erica something. She's not going to watch this, but sorry, Erica, I forgot your last name. But she's got an organization. She's an attorney, and she's got a company called Plug and Law. And that's the affiliate uh, partner for today's episode is Plug and Law click in the links below. They are affiliate links. So um, I will get a little piece. And if you want to, yeah, you know, equal opportunity here, I don't get affiliates from him. Uh, But Taylor Elon with Contrarix actually does a very similar thing and he can draft those things. And uh, yeah, he just graduated from law school. So, you know, get in while the getting's good guys. And Taylor's that stuff up on your site. It's Contrarix.com. He's maybe typing... I'm just going to keep driving on. You can go to contracts.com to see that. But if you want to help out my show uh, via paying plugin law to give me a little bit of a legal kickback, um, then it's an affiliate link. So I will get a little piece of the action uh, every time you use those links. 
or you can click on any of my Amazon uh, affiliate links. And even if you don't buy anything, if you buy something else on Amazon, the cookie lasts for 24 hours. So I'll still get like, you know, like a little something. Uh, so do that. Click on one of those affiliate links. See what it's all about. Guys, apologies again uh, that Alex couldn't be here. We're still going to have that interview. We're going to talk about the same topic because it's, it's relevant today and it'll be relevant when we reschedule. Um, but you don't want to miss that particular one. And since he's not here, I'll plug it for him. Um, AmpFest is happening next month. It's happening October 7, 8, 9, 10, I believe. It's in, it's in like Delora, Florida. Um, it's in Florida. It's in like at a beautiful, you know, Trump resort. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's going to be maskless. It's going to be very conservative. Uh, but check that out get a ticket. I don't have affiliate links. I don't get anything for this, but it's, it's going to be a good vibe, a good environment, uh, and a good way, um, for you to engage with some people because we can't stay in our little silos. And if you go down to conservative town, then, then you need to go back to your community, uh, and talk to people about what you've learned, share your thoughts, share your opinions, share your beliefs respectfully, uh, and also shut your mouth and listen to other people talk. Uh, anyway, I wanted to end early. Now I'm ending late. Guys, that is all I got. Thanks so much for listening to me blab on for an hour. Man, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.